Uh, when the museum opened, the townspeople just come out with things that they had saved when the uh, railroad had shut down. We actually still have the time clocks with the, the names on the tokens and people can go and say, that's my great grandpa, that's where he turned the token to go to work that day. Thanks for joining us on Louisiana's Playground Podcast, your roadmap to all things Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Brady Raynard. And I'm Anna Strider. We're excited for another week to bring you all the authentic stories and experiences that Southwest Louisiana has to offer through our toolkit that gives you what you need to build your personal Lake Charles itinerary. And if you guessed it, you're right. Another great episode we have coming up for you. And we'll get out of Lake Charles for this one, both for the Envy Eats segment and our special guest today. We'll talk to Vance Perkins. He's the president of the De Quincey Railroad Museum Board of Directors. He tells us all about the city of De Quincey and how the railroad industry really shaped and affected the city. And now that history lives in the walls of the De Quincey Railroad Museum which is a very cool and interesting place. And with it, they even have a whole three-day festival called the Louisiana Railroad Days Festival. We get into all of that on the back half of this episode. That's right. And when we're talking about De Quincey, when we say Southwest Louisiana, we really cover all of Calcasieu Parish and Cameron Parish down to the Gulf of Mexico. So in our parish, there's a number of different cities and towns, and De Quincey just happens to be one of the charming small towns of Louisiana. But before we get started with this informative episode, we're going to begin the show as we always do with our segment, On The Eats. If you're a regular to the show, you know the drill by now. We go to a local restaurant, we sample their foods, and we tell you all about the great offerings a lot of local businesses here in southwest Louisiana has to offer. This episode, we head to Coconuts Cajun Grill in De Quincey, Louisiana. That's right. Coconut's Cajun Grill is a staple in the community. The owner, Shane Nielsen, moved his restaurant, which was previously in Sulphur, Louisiana, for the last 10 years, back to his hometown of De Quincey in January of 2021. And the building that they're in is just this fun little spot. It's painted this bright teal. It just kind of invites you in with all of the color. And he's really worked to transform this building and really the reputation from being a bar for over 20 years into a true family and community restaurant. And once the colors pull you in, the first thing you notice when you walk through the doors is their giant robust menu right there on the wall where they detail everything that they have. And boy, is it a lot from boiled seafood. They have things like burgers, pull boys, Cajun food, tacos, salads, and so much more. And overall, inside the restaurant, a very kind of dimly lit restaurant where it's it's just kind of a fun bar and grill atmosphere where you just feel welcome, like you're going over to your buddy's house to sit down, have a beer maybe, eat a burger, and just really enjoy yourself while you're there. Yeah, they have this beautiful mural that's in the back of the restaurant, and it gives that true Louisiana vibe. I personally love egrets, and they had a beautiful one there painted on the wall. So just a nod to true Louisiana. Outside is a welcoming patio, which is where we sat and enjoyed a little sunshine out there. And as we got to talk to the owner, the patio was one of those additions that came out of COVID like many restaurants in the area that's just been a true benefit to not only us as the customers, but to the restaurant as well to be able to offer that other atmosphere and experience there. 
And I loved earlier how you tied in the community aspect. And that's really what they've done. In, in addition to the menu and all the different foods that they have, there's also that fully stocked bar where you can see your regulars pretty consistently. But they're really famous locally for their karaoke Friday nights. Nelson tells us that you can't get a table on a Friday night. There's only a handful of tables because people call and reserve those things. So if you're in town on a Friday night, it's kind of standing room only, but I'm sure it's a heck of a show just to kind of see a large amount of people into Quincy come out and obviously enjoy a fun dinner, but kind of sing karaoke as well. Another staple that they have is just that everything that they make is truly handmade. They were explaining how the... Hamburger patties are made daily. The fried onion rings, which I got with my po' boy, were perfectly battered. They said they cut the onions in-house. And our team member who came with us got the boiled seafood tacos. And it came with chips and homemade salsa. And whew, I am glad I got to try those chips because they are definitely made in-house. And that salsa has a perfect kick on the back end of it. I could go back for that now. Really quality chips and salsa. They were a joy to try as well. As for myself, I was able to get the cheeseburger basket, which was a homemade grilled patty. All their beef patties for their hamburgers are made in-house as well. Toasted bun and some really, really excellent crinkle-cut fries. Overall, it was a really good cheeseburger, also with the great French fries, and it's a really good meal. And he's saying great French fries because they have that Cajun seasoning on it. They are delicious. I did finish those up as well. So basically I was eating my food and everybody else's. <laughs> I ended up getting the fried shrimp po' boy, which is a staple that I love here in Louisiana. And this po' boy, they do something a little bit different and they put a jalapeno mayo on it. And you can tell that this is a homemade recipe and it too has a little bit of a kick to it. So it added some different flavor than your traditional po' boy that I just truly love. One of my favorite things, this is a behind the scenes that you guys don't get to see very often, is when Anna starts eating food that has some kick to it. When she <laughs> looks at me and says, is it just me or is this thing pretty hot? Those are my favorite moments eating at Envy Eat. So I always push her to get the spicy food wherever we go so I can watch her halfway through realize, okay, this is maybe a little too hot for me. <laughs> I'm going on eight years of being a Louisiana resident, and I'm still working on building that tolerance level for the spice and kick and flair of the the food scene here. So yeah, that, that conversation happens regularly. And because I'm me, I also tried their gumbo, a good roux flavor. Uh, it's a chicken and sausage gumbo. It had a good roux flavor. They offer potato salad as well on the sides. So Which you know, I ordered and ate all the calories. Of course. All the carbs today. <laughs> And if you're in De Quincey, it's really conveniently located in the northern part of De Quincey, right there on Highway 27, just off the road, still really close to the other points of interest in the city of De Quincey, less than five minutes away from the Railroad Museum, the local high school there, or even the Nichols Country Store. And if you're asking yourself, where's De Quincey, when you're looking at the state of Louisiana and you're heading eastbound from Texas and you're in the Beaumont area, you can just get off Interstate 10 there and hop on to Highway 12 and head northbound. That'll take you right into the downtown area of De Quincey. And from there, you can head south into Sulphur and get right back on I-10 or go into the Lake Charles area, stay at one of the casinos. And they may even be an event that you'll be attending anyway. They do have a new food truck that they try to take to different events to really bring their food on the go and make themselves available to as many different people. So be on the lookout for the Coconuts food truck. On the go. 
on the go. G-E-A-U-X. Exactly. So head on over to De Quincey, make a day trip out of it, visit the museum, take in lunch at Coconuts Cajun Grill, or maybe you want to stop by and grab one of their daiquiris. They have a full bar there and a lineup. So head on in and tell us what you think. From a great meal to a great guest, we welcome on Vance Perkins, the president of the De Quincey Railroad Museum Board of Directors. He's been in that spot for two years and has been a member of the board for about a decade. He's a lifetime resident of De Quincey, helps her out all around town, including writing for the local newspaper. He'll now share that knowledge and experience with us right here on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Vance. Good to be here. We're excited to have you here as we talk about the De Quincey Railroad Museum. And as we know, we've discussed Southwest Louisiana has a little bit of everything from our big city amenities to our small town charm. And De Quincey really speaks to that small town charm and all that really makes up Calcasieu Parish. So as we get started today in our conversation, we're going to get to know you a little bit better with a few juxtaposing questions. Are all right, you ready? I'm ready. All righty. The first one, crawfish or gumbo? Gumbo. That's Brady's typical yep. choice. Seafood right. or chicken and sausage? Chicken and sausage. That's what I go with. What is, what is it about gumbo? I don't know. I think it's because you can feed everybody and their brother in big group. And uh, I like crawfish, but that's a two or three time a year at a period of time. But gumbo, you can eat year round. You hear that? Year round. I heard it's that. It's always <laughs> gumbo season. <laughs> All right. Next one. Poolside or beachside? I'm a beachside guy. Is it the, the nature aspect? It is nature. You're out in, in the great outdoors, the sound, the, the wind. It's just a good place to be. I'm assuming you go down to Cameron Parish a little yes, bit that's, there. Yes, uh, go down to Cameron Holly Beach and yep. uh, look for seashells and just enjoy nature. That's a good place to be. I'm right there with you. All right, our last one. Concert or comedy show? Concert. Okay. I like music. The last one I went to was, uh, I surprised my wife. We went to see Reba. Oh, I'm uh, sure that was amazing. It, it was amazing. She's always been a Reba fan, and I surprised her. I made some brownie points with that one. Yeah. So it was good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love Reba. I grew up on Reba. Yeah. So let's get to the task at hand, which is, of course, talking to Quincy and the Railroad Museum. So much history there within the town. Then, of course, the Railroad Museum celebrating 100 years this year. Yes, sir, we are. In 1923, the KCS Depot was built, and we're celebrating the 100th centennial celebration in October is our plan, so we're looking forward to that happening. And I think something that's so fascinating is that despite the KCS Railroad Depot, which is as it was formerly called, now the Railroad Museum, the town of De Quincey actually founded in the 1800s, but it's all about the railroad industry, and that's the whole reason the town was created in the first place. Yes, sir. 1897 is our date that we were founded, and it was uh, all about the railroad. Um, in 1885, a man named Arthur Steelwell up in uh, Connecticut was in his office, he was an insurance salesman, and he noticed on a map that it was 800 miles from Kansas City, Missouri, to the Gulf of Mexico. So that set off his mind that he could make a bunch of money if he had a railroad from Kansas City to the Gulf of Mexico. So he started following his dream. In 1891, he uh, formed his first railroad company. The next year, he bought another railroad company. He re Named it, reorganized it, and called it the Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Gulf. 
and he started following his dream to build a railroad all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. And he, what he would do, he would build tracks or he would buy existing railroad, but he had a goal in mind was to get to the Gulf of Mexico, straight as a crow flies. In 1897, those tracks reached what is now known as De Quincey. The first depot was a boxcar just parked on the side of the railroad tracks is how they worked. And in, in 1905, they built a wooden structure to be the railroad depot. And then in 1920, KCS had a building program to remodel and modernize all their depots in Louisiana. And uh, in 1923, the present depot was constructed and built. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. So it's been there since 1923. I have an important question. Did okay. he make it to the Gulf? Did he the did. railway all make it all the way down he to did. the Gulf? Uh, and that's an interesting story. Mr. <laughs> Steelwell was a very colorful character. In fact, when he was four years old, he would tell his mother certain people were going to visit the next week. He had this uh, forethought or this vision. And at, uh, at 15, he had a dream. He said, you're going to marry a girl named Jenny Wood. He said, I don't know anybody named Jenny Wood. So he wrote it down in his diary. Mm -hmm. And four years later, he, was, uh, he found himself at a party dancing with a girl. Guess what her name was? Jenny Wood. Jenny Wood. She had a nickname. It was Jenny, but her, her first name was Genevieve, but it was Jenny Wood. So he was known throughout his life as a very uh, thoughtful person. Some people called him crazy, but he, <laughs> uh, in his early days, said he listened to brownies and fairies to tell him all his decisions he would make. And on his way down with the railroad, in 1894, as they were approaching Shreveport, Louisiana, he had the opportunity to buy a railroad existing railroad that went to Nacogdoches, Texas, through Houston, mm -hmm. down to Galveston, mm -hmm. which would complete his dream of having a railroad all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. But the night before the board meeting where they were going to make the decision of what to do, he had a dream, said, don't go to Galveston. Do not go to Galveston under any circumstances. The Brownies told him that. Well, that morning at the board meeting, he convinced them to stop and not go to Galveston, which was... That's a pretty big deal. It, it is a big deal. His culmination of his dream. So he convinced them not to go to Galveston. So they didn't. So he just kept going south of Shreveport toward us. So in 1895, he went to uh, Sabine Lake uh, in East Texas and bought 40,000 acres. And he laid out the plans to build a town called Port Arthur, that was going to be named after him, mm -hmm. and that's what he did. They uh, made that the end of the line. So when the railroad got to De Quincey, it turned west to go to Texas. Mm -hmm. And in 1897, he was building railroads west from Port Arthur to De Quincey, and De Quincey was going west to uh, Port Arthur, and Port Arthur was coming east to De Quincey. And on September 11th, 1897, they drove the Golden Spike and completed the rail line. Uh, it was around Mauriceville, Texas, is mm -hmm. where the Golden Spike was driven. And a week later, the first train came across those tracks from Kansas City all the way to Port Arthur and uh, completed his dream. Now, he did have to uh, dredge a channel all the way from Port Arthur to get to the Gulf of Mexico, but that's how he ended up uh, completing his dream. So it was uh, a very successful venture for him.
That's awesome. This is an Arthur Stilwell podcast now. <laughs> yes. If you ever get to uh, research Arthur Stilwell, he's a very interesting guy. You need to learn about Arthur Stilwell. Well, something that's fascinating is you had mentioned about four or five different towns there, and that's really the origin for each of them all around the railroad industry. How do you see the railroad industry still affecting De Quincey today? The railroad industry was a big deal for De Quincey. That's why we existed. Uh, and in its heyday, De Quincey had two railroad depots, employees all over the place. Missouri Pacific had a, a shop in uh, De Quincey. From 1907 to 1957, there was a, a railroad shop. They could actually build a, a steam locomotive from the ground up if it needed. Uh, De Quincey was the uh, responsible for all the rolling stock from Missouri Pacific between New Orleans and Houston. In 1957, that was a big blow to De Quincey's economy when uh, that was shut down and that operation was moved to Houston. At one time, it was almost a thousand employees employed by the railroad, Missouri Pacific, at those railroad shops. And now, many employees of both Union Pacific and KCS live in De Quincey, even though there's no depot there, but they uh, work out of De Quincey. How important do you feel like it is to remember De Quincey's roots within the railroad industry? Uh, you know, obviously, you talked about what the impact is today, but as someone that has dedicated a large chunk of your life to uh, being on the board and now the president. Why do you feel like that is an important venture? I like history. I think we need to remember where we came from. And uh, this railroad museum is a product of people that live in De Quincey. This uh, museum came to be in 1974. In May of 1968, the last passenger train uh, left De Quincey. And by 1972, there was only one employee working out of the building. And rumors were all over the place that, hey, this place is going to be torn down. And that's when uh, a lady named Miss Linda Green, was a local lady, started working with the other women's clubs in De Quincey to get the building transferred to the city of De Quincey so they could make a museum out of it. So... On uh, 1974, for $1, KCS sold the building and the land around the museum, what is the museum today, to the city of De Quincey for $1. And they had a goal that by July 4th, 1976, which was going to be the bicentennial of the United States, uh, that they would be ready to do it. And that's what they did. On uh, July the 2nd of 1976, there was a ceremony dedicating this KCS depot has the De Quincey Railroad Museum. Boy, a dollar can't quite get you that much oh, anymore. you can't <laughs> buy that much for a dollar today. <laughs> and the building itself has a unique look to it and really stands out in the community and really the area as a whole because it's a Spanish Mission Revival design and architecture. Yes, in 1920, when KCS uh, implemented the uh, remodeling of their depots, they chose to be Mission Revival, which is the wainscoting, the brick, the red clay tiles, the big uh, curved uh, gables, the arched windows. And uh, we are told that the Quincy's uh, depot is one of the last ones uh, standing. So we're proud of that fact that it's... uh, a good example of that style of architecture. 
Well, as the building celebrates its 100 years, if you go inside to the De Quincey Railroad Museum, what all do you guys uh, offer for visitors to see and learn there? Inside the museum is chocker block full of all kinds of memorabilia from the early days of the railroad. Uh, when the museum was opened, the townspeople just come out with things that they had saved when the uh, railroad had shut down. Everybody worked for the uh, railroad. They brought their stuff that their grandpas had saved from working for the railroad for so many years. We actually still have uh, the time clocks with the, the names on the tokens, and people can go and say, that's my great-grandpa. That's where he turned the token to go to work that day. Oh, wow. We have stuff like that. Uh, people emptied their closets of uh, lanterns and caps and hats that the conductors and engineers wore. Uh, there's anything you about trains is there. Uh, signals, tools, chairs. I mean, anything you can think of is there. It's uh, And we have it, outdoor exhibits. We have a 1913 steam locomotive on the grounds. We have a 1947 Pullman coach car that is on display. We have two cabooses, one from 1950 and one from the 1970s that people can climb on and go through and look at. So we have a lot of things to, to look at. Right, great exhibit for kids, obviously, because, oh, yes, you is. know, I've got two of my own, you know, that, that touching and feeling stage where they're just oh, yeah. trying to. So it's obviously a great place to bring kids. It's hands on. Yeah, if you happen to be in town. It's a perfect place to bring your kids for a, a day trip. The playground's just been updated recently, and uh, it's a, a nice place to let your kids play. My son's in a train phase right now. He's got a song <laughs> on YouTube. It's called the Choo Choo Song, and we he wants to, to play okay. all the time. So this is a stop soon. we're making uh, very soon. Yeah, you need to put that on your list of things to do. We've been talking about the museum and one of the really exciting things, especially this time of the year, we are just a few days out from the Louisiana Railroad Days Festival, which is a huge deal there. I know I attended last year and was blown away with the food scene. Oh, yes. That's at, the place. at the festival, because I, we talk about food a lot and the different food that's served at various festivals because it's always a part of every event that we do around here in Southwest Louisiana. But there's something unique about how many food vendors. I mean, there was at least three or four just lines of different options. Yes, ma'am. We're known for our food choices. Uh, if it's fried and put on a stick, it's going to be there. Yes. So it's a good place <laughs> to come. Don't be on a diet, though, when you come. Because there was corn dogs on a stick. There was funnel cakes, um, the fried Oreos. Uh, alligator on a stick, too. Uh, um, pork kebabs is one of our uh, famous ones. And we also have a, a local church that does uh, hamburgers. We call them the Pentecostal Burgers because it's a local Pentecostal church there. One of their major fundraisers is to uh, sell hamburgers during the railroad festival. And that this festival is an uh, outgrowth of something that started in 1964. And uh, the local churches and organizations all come together as a fundraiser, and that's one of their major fundraisers for the individual uh, organizations to uh, make funds. And this is a three-day festival, so this yes, is Thursday, really the Friday, highlight so. of the year and like you were saying driving 
people to the community, raising right. money for different organizations. Yeah, the history of the festival goes back to 1964 when some parents got together to ha hold a fundraiser for the Campfire Girls, which was a little organization for the, the girls, and they needed to raise some funds, so they put on a country fair in 1964, and it was very successful. And I think the first year they made five or $600 and uh, it was very successful for them, so they started having it every year. And from that, it grew into what is now known as the Louisiana uh, Railroad Days Festival. And it's been that since 1983. And this is the 40th anniversary of the Louisiana Railroad Days Festival. So all these anniversaries are coming to, together this year. But uh, we average around 15,000 people coming to the festival. The, I think the highest attended one was uh, right around 20,000 people came to town over that three-day period to uh, visit us and have something on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just the food because you all have a whole lineup of entertainment that goes on. Oh, yes. we've had And, and kids' activities. Oh, yes. Uh, we have the carnival, uh, the, the rides for the young kids. And the entertainment, we've had some big names come by. We've had uh, Percy Sledge, uh, Lori Morgan, uh, T. Graham Brown, you name it. Some uh, This year, Neil McCoy is going to be the headliner. He's been there before, so he's coming. Joe Diffie was there. Uh, so some of the big-name entertainers come by on uh, Saturday night to close out the festival. Uh, last year, a year before, Guy Rigdon was there. Everybody knows who he is. And uh, uh, we also, on Friday night, it's gospel night, and some of the big uh, gospel groups come in. This year, it's going to be the Kingsman Quartet. It's going to be there. Last year, it was Greater Vision. So we got some pretty big-name entertainers come by and entertain our folks. So we look forward to that. I'm a big Percy Sledge guy. That's Oh, yeah. Percy had a big crowd that, that, that. year. <laughs> yeah. Now, in addition to the Railroads Days Festival, what other events throughout the year does the museum and just the town of De Quincey offer? Well, the museum is open to the public uh, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. Uh, we have a reception room that people rent for, like, birthday parties. Uh, the pavilion there is open to the public. They coordinate with the city of De Quincey to have parties there, you know, uh, birthday parties. We call it our crown jewel in De Quincey, the, the KCSD poets, right in the middle of town. In its heyday, that was the center of everything. Uh, came from the railroad depot, but uh, the buildings there just for the, it's our main tourist attraction. There's When people pass through, they usually see it and stop by and, and visit. Like you said earlier, the, just the visual of this big building is uh, draws you to it. So we enjoy the people stopping by and just uh, checking out our museum. I know in addition to the Railroads Festival, you guys have the Centennial Celebration upcoming in October to really celebrate that 100 years. Yes, that's where we're going to celebrate the, uh, the KCS building itself. Uh, we have a committee that's been formed that's going to uh, give us a program. Uh, right now, all hands on deck are for the Railroad Festival. And after that happens uh, next week, Everything's going to be headed toward the centennial of the uh, KCS Depot. We do have, in addition to the uh, Railroad Festival, 
Every Christmas, we sometimes get on the list where the KCS Holiday Express comes through town, and uh, it's a beautifully decorated train with uh, Christmas-themed things. And uh, this past year, it was in De Quincey, and almost 4,000 people came through that, visited the museum, and went through the Holiday Express train over like a six-hour period of time. So it was a big draw. And that's when Santa takes the train instead of his sleigh, correct? That's right. He comes to town in a train. <laughs> it's Polar Express in De Quincey. <laughs> yeah. You know, I also think it's fascinating to see a little bit of the inside culture of just someone that lives, breathes, and sleeps southwest Louisiana. In addition to all of your uh, railroad museum experience and the history, I hear you're also part of a Dutch oven club? Oh, yes. Uh, the La Chien Cookers is a, a chapter of the Louisiana Dutch Oven Society. There are nine chapters in Louisiana of uh, Dutch oven cooks that gather. Every weekend of the month, the first through the fourth Saturday, you can find a state park in Louisiana where there's a group of Dutch oven cooks gathered. And uh, on the fourth Saturday of every month, the La Chien Cookers gather at Sam Houston Jones State Park and we demonstrate the art of cooking in cast iron. The public's invited to come out and sample the foods. At 12 noon, all the cooks put the pots, what we call put the pots on the table at 12 noon, and the public is invited to come out and sample all the food. The Dutch Oven Society is a nationwide organization, and the United States has a national dog. It's called a Dutch Oven Gathering. And the National Dog is going to be held in Rain, Louisiana this year, where chapters from all across the United States and Canada are coming to Rain. There will probably be like two, 250, 300 cooks put pots on the table. And uh, the public is invited to come watch us cook, learn the art of cooking in cast iron using coals, fire, or propane burners. But uh, we enjoy promoting the art of a Dutch oven cooking. And uh, we invite y'all to come out and visit it at Sam Houston Jones. It all comes back to food. It always, always does. Always does. We start and we end. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today about De Quincey and the history of the railroad industry in the community and our region. So thank you for being on the show with us. It was my pleasure. Enjoyed visiting with y'all. And so come to De Quincey anytime you get a chance, bring those kids to play on our train. All right, thanks again to Vance Perkins for joining us here on the show. And thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please follow the podcast. It's that little plus sign wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, maybe leave us a rating or a review. Each one helps us grow our audience to be able to further share the unique stories that Lake Charles and Southwest Louisiana has to offer. Go to visitlakecharles.org slash podcast for more episodes, details on the upcoming Louisiana Railroad Days Festival, where to eat, and events happening this weekend. I'm Anna Strider. And I'm going to follow the podcast. I'm sorry. And I'm Brady Raynard. Thanks again for coming play at Louisiana's Playground. Say it to you.